0: That's just everything about God. On earth, we suffer a lot of things. A marriage could need healing. Your emotions. It's not just physical. Your finances. Your relationship with your kids. So healing is very, very important. Jesus came to heal. Jesus spent more time. More time healing people than he spent preaching. You can read the scriptures. He spent hours sometimes laying hands on people one after the other. You know what he was saying? This is God's will. He came to show us God's will. What is he saying? It's not God's will for you to be sick. God wants you well, no matter what anybody says. God wants you well. He made the provision for your salvation. At the same time that he was making the provision for your health. That says in God's mind, your eternal life and your comfort in your physical body, they are one and the same in his mind. He wants you happy, healthy, doing well. That's His will for your life. We have to understand that. Please don't look at what's going on with some other person's life. It's your life and God's will for your life. I'm saying to you, His will for your life is for you to be healthy, happy. That's God's will for you. Any other thing is a lie. And if you are experiencing something different from that, the, you have opened the door for the enemy. The enemy, like Jesus said, the, the, the disciples said to, didn't, in his, in his parable, didn't you sow wheat? How come we have tears? He says the enemy has done this. It's the enemy that's sowing these things in our lives, And God wants them out of our lives. He wants you free. He wants you well. There's a scripture in Isaiah chapter fifty-three, verse ten, and I'm reading from the Young Literal Translation. In other words, if you read the Hebrews, the exact words that was written in English, that's what it says. It says, "And Jehovah had delighted to bruise him; he made him sick." Was Jesus ever sick? He made him sick when, when he was on the cross, taking our sins and our sickness on himself. Read Matthew chapter eight, verse sixteen and seventeen. He bore our infirmities and carried away our sicknesses. Jesus had it on himself. God made His son sick. Thus, the eternal God was sick with every sickness on the earth. God took all of it, just like he took all of sin and put it on his son. So you can be forgiven the same way he took sickness, all sickness, and put it on his son. And before that, Jesus forgave sin and he also healed, demonstrating that's God's will for your life. And He can make you well today if you're sick. Amen. He is still fulfilling that. He says in, in Matthew chapter 16, when the evening was... Uh, chapter 8 verse 16, when the evening was come, they brought to Him all who were possessed of the devil, and he cast away the Spirit to His and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled. That which was written by Isaiah the prophet, that He Himself took our infirmities, and bore our sicknesses. The same body that bore your sin, bore your sickness. If you can be forgiven, because He bore your sin, you can also be healed, because He bore your sicknesses. Not His, mine, and yours. And all it takes for you to be saved, is to believe, and say a few words, by faith, after you say a few words by faith, the pastor can pronounce to you and proclaim to you, you said that and you meant it. Now that you've said that, you are saved. Right? But do you feel saved? It has nothing to do with feeling. You believed it, right? And you spoke those words. And you meant those words. So you're is It's the same way with healing. He's the same. The same body bore your sickness and bore your diseases. The same body would have carried you away the same. And all I have to do is believe. If you can only believe. You see for a Jew, if he recognizes the Messiah, he knows the Messiah is on his side. The Messiah is his Messiah to take care of all of his knees. He knows that. You just have to be a Jew. The Messiah was for the Jews. Amen. And so you read in Mark. In Mark chapter 10. About the man, the blind man on the street. As Jesus went out of Jericho. And he found out. What's going on? That's Jesus. They told him. Jesus. And he began to yell. Jesus. Son of David. Do you know what he was saying? You are Messiah and I am a Jew. Hey, you got to heal me. Amen. I don't want... You got to heal me. You are Messiah. You can heal. You are God and I am sick and I'm a Jew. You are son of David. You are a deliverer. You can't walk by me. But you see, Jesus walked by him. Can you imagine that? Did he see the sick man? Most likely. But he still walked by him. That means you have to call. Amen. Call for your healing. Just because you are a Christian doesn't mean you're just going to be saved. You have to call and believe for your healing. He cried, son of David, have mercy on me. He says, then, verse 48, then many warned him, to be quiet. Listen. When you are calling to God for deliverance, don't let anybody silence you. I don't care who he is—pastor, prophet, evangelist, or archbishop, whatever it is. Nobody should silence you. He cried out. When they told him to be quiet, he he cried out the more, and so. He kept calling, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commended him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. You got his attention now, rise. He is calling you. In other words, your troubles are over. Be happy now. Was he still sick? Yeah. But they wanted him to be happy. Because when Jesus calls for you, and guess what? He's calling for you this morning. You got his attention. You've been crying out to him. You've got his attention. Now I'm not just talking about uh, healing, physical uh, healing. It can be any area of life. Any area of life. He is our Messiah. He is the Savior. What is he saving you from? From everything that's Heard in you. From everything that is hurting you. Because you are a child of God. Psalm 105, verse 14. God says there, He permitted no one to wrong them. He permitted no one to do them wrong. No one. They came in small, just like we, powerless, vulnerable, because of the things that's happened in your life. But when God's on your side, he says, God did not permit anyone to do them wrong. Yes, he says. He even rebuked kings and kingdoms. He rebuked them. For their sake. He rebuked them. For their sake. God rebuked kings. So I don't care if it's a demon or the devil. He is not permitted to do you any wrong. Because God said so. He is not permitted to do you any wrong. Saying he rebuked kings. For their for their sake, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones. Don't touch them. Don't touch my anointed ones and do my prophets. No. Huh. Then you're thinking, How do I know? Am I anointed? I'm glad you asked. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have, what? An anointing from who? The Holy One. Not from any kind of person. The anointing you have is from the Holy One. And because the Holy One, anointed you, you are anointed and you are not to be messed with. Hallelujah. Nobody, he will not permit them to wrong you because you have been anointed. And he says, do my prophets no harm? And you wonder, "I, I, 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 I don't feel like I'm a prophet. Every born again Christian is a prophet. Oh yes. Especially when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been transformed. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, he says, Job prophesied, right? In the last days, God will pour his spirit upon upon all flesh. And what your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. If they are prophesying, sons and daughters, guess what? They are prophets. Do my prophets no harm. Do my prophets no harm. That's God's message for His people. That's His will. That's what God determines for you. If it's happening to you, it's because you have not caught the thief yet. Whenever you get the thief, let him pay back everything he's stolen from you. Don't do my anointed any harm. I saw a scripture. It's, 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 it's exciting for me. It may not be as exciting for you, but it was dancing time for me. Yes. And you've read the scripture. I know you know it. You see, all of these things we are saying, there is a witness. There is one who is testifying. It is so. It is so. My people, it is so. Why don't you believe it? You know, when Peter and the other uh, apostles, they were uh, preaching the gospel, the the elders, the Sanhedrin said, we don't want you to preach in this name. We sang about the name today. I found out something. That name on its own can do miracles. I'm telling you. Can change things. That name alone can turn water to wine. I'm telling you. That name is so powerful. And they said, we don't want you to talk about, don't, don't say anything about anything about this name. It, it was that name. And Peter says, by. You're asking us how we got this man here? He says, his name. First words, his name. By faith in his name. Faith in his name. That's what brought strength to this man. Faith in his name. The problem, we're not, why we're not seeing miracles? No faith in his name. When you have faith in his name, things will change. I don't care how bad it's been. It's fear that's holding us back. Fear and uncertainty. And you know why we fear? Because we have not believed. Once you believe, the fear goes away. Because faith and fear cannot be in the same vessel. You can't have them. They said to the people, "We, we, you killed him. But God raised him from the dead. And because of that, even though he's gone, his name, he's healing people. What are you going to do about this? They're talking about his name. As if he was still there. No wonder Jesus said, in my name, you shall cast out devils. In my name. You speak with new tongues. Amen. Speaking in tongues is good. I like to come in the sanctuary when there was no, there's no one here. I yell. I don't speak in tongues. I yell in tongues. I'm telling you. When you are desperate, it's yelling time. I'm telling you. Yelling. If I see your face through that glass, I'll cut it and bring the decibel down a little bit so you don't think I'm crazy. But when you are needing something, I don't care what anybody, I don't care about your theology. I just want to speak in tongues. Amen. Because something comes into you when you do it. It's different. He fills you with boldness. No fear. No fear. After you've been speaking in tongues for a while, you lose fear. You don't fear. You don't care what people think. I remember, you know, before I went to Africa, where I spent a lot of time yelling in tongues, and they, they, they cornered me with a girl that was deaf and dumb. Instead of fear, I was excited. What a great experiment to perform! Put my ears, my, my, my hands in her ears, and then and, 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 and command the devil of deafness to come out. I had no fear. It was an exciting thing. It's not like, what would they think of the preacher if nothing happens? I wasn't thinking about that. It's great opportunity. And God healed her. She could say, one, two, three. And everybody got excited. I felt good. My experiment worked. <laughs> it's wonderful. He says this. Acts 5, verse 32. And we are his witnesses. And we are his witnesses to these things. Everything we're telling you. We are his witnesses. And so also. Is who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the witness. The very one who was with God in the very beginning. When God created all things. He is here now with me. As a witness. He is testifying. Hello. He is testifying. What why is the Holy Spirit here as a witness? The Holy Spirit says, I was there on Calvary. When his blood hit the earth to transform human lives. So cast away human suffering. I was there as a witness. And this is God himself witnessing. Standing with me. You know, he is in us, with us. I'm sure they say, he's saying to this, uh, St. Henry, we are his witnesses and so is the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And the gospel says, we see you, but where is the Holy Spirit? Where is he? We can't see him. But he's right there. The Holy Spirit is a witness. Give me, please, uh, uh, um, John chapter 3, beginning from verse 11. Please guess something. The Holy Spirit is a witness every time he comes out of your mouth, what Jesus has already done. He agrees with your witness, but he also has the power to make the, your witness or your testimony true in your life. Remember this Bible says, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by what? The word of their testimony. There is power in testimony and more power when the Holy Spirit is testifying with you. Jesus said to Nicodemus, most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know. And testify what we have seen. Let's listen. The word we, is it little? The W is that? Yeah. Capitalize. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We speak what we know. You know what God knows? You are healed. You are healed. That's what he knows. Father, the disciple said, we are his witnesses. You can't see him, but also is the Holy Spirit. And here he says, we assuredly, I'm telling you the truth. We speak what we know. And God knows everything. He knows everything about your life. He knows everything about your background. He knows everything. But he also knows what Jesus has done for you. And he stands by, just like he did in the, the, in the creation of the world. He says, and the Spirit of God was moving and on the surface of the deep. Waiting for the command to be given. So he can make it happen. Let there be light. It's just light. He was waiting. And he is a witness. He is a witness. We testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. It's Jesus said, if, if I tell you earthly things. And you do not believe it. Receive our witness. Receive our witness. Receive our witness. We testify, and you do not receive our witness. What do you remember? Isaiah fifty-three verse one: Who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord re- revealed? If we have told you this, so bi- basically. There are earthly things, okay? And there are also heavenly things. So if you cannot believe the earthly things, how can you believe the heavenly things? You know earthly things says your body says you're sick. Hello? Heavenly things says by His stripes you were healed. It's God's will for you, for you to be healed. That is God's will. But you know you have to fight for it. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. The problem is not whether God has done this for you, or the problem is not the will, like they say is whether is, is it God's will to heal you. The problem is you're not fighting. You're not fighting. Let me ask you a question, which I've asked people here. Jesus bore our sicknesses on his own body, right? And he also carried our sins, right? Sometimes preachers will tell you, well, why don't you be patient with your sickness? Even sometimes God may decide uh, he doesn't want to heal you. But you're going to learn a lesson from this sickness that you got. Right, so don't worry about it. Be patient, and stay uh, for two, three years uh, with your sickness. God's teaching you a lesson. After two years, when I ask you from your pain, guess what? Only le- there's only one lesson you've had, you can, you've learned: pain. No, <laughs> oh, that's true, pain. But think about it. What if a pastor tells you, "Listen, I know you are in sin, but be patient in your sin." Because God's trying to teach you a lesson. Just keep sinning until the time God chooses to teach you the lesson, then you can quit. I'm sure you will take your Bible and run out of that church. You're not coming back. Why? In one case, we believe that once you pray, God forgives, right? But in the other case, we believe that after we've prayed many times, God's still not hearing. We're missing something. We're missing something. Basically, all I'm saying today is God's will for you to be well. It doesn't matter how long you have been sick. And I'm not just talking about well physically, mentally, financially, in every area of life, God came to give us life and life more abundantly. That's what God wants for us. And we shall have no fear because the Lord is our shepherd. And we will never want. So we have authority over the enemy. I want to go to number three. God wants all your needs met. God wants all your needs met. It's his will for all of your needs to be met. That's according to the scriptures. And guess what? The Holy Spirit testifies to that. God the Son, God the Father says that's the way he's supposed to be. Every other thing is not God's will for your life. And we have to reject it and begin to accept the truth. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you have been afraid in the past, it has nothing to do with you. It has mostly to do with what God has spoken. And if you take that, God will begin to rearrange things in your life. Your thought pattern, the way you move, where you want to be, these things will begin to change slowly, and God will begin to position you for His blessing upon your life, He will involve you, but He's Him walking through you to make it happen. It's God's will to meet all your needs, and I can tell this from the very beginning. After God created Adam, God planted a garden. God planted a garden. Adam wasn't even aware he needed a garden. God was the one that planted a garden to meet all of Adam's physical needs. God did that. Even after Adam sinned, Adam was using leaves, right? God himself was going to protect him. He is the same God. And you are as vulnerable to God as Adam. And any prophet. As vulnerable. God has not forgotten you. You are as important to him as the greatest preacher in the land. He loves you as much as he loves the greatest preacher in the land. In fact, he says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one is lost, he leaves the remaining preachers and everybody going after you. He wants to meet your need. God planted a garden and put out them there. And I believe that God is still planting gardens today. I want to share a scripture with you that's a blessing for me is in uh, uh, ezekiel chapter 36 verse 29 and this is us basically he's talking about you and i especially those of us that have accepted christ as lord and our savior amen if you have accepted christ and as uh, as your lord and savior this scripture is really for you because it starts in verse 26 where god says i will sprinkle clean water upon you verse 25 and you will be clean He says, I'll I'll, I'll give you a new spirit and a new heart. That's the born again experience. I'll put my spirit in you. And then God came to this particular verse. And he starts speaking here in this verse. He says, I will deliver you from all, what? All your uncleanness. Everything. I believe God's word. He is able to do that. He will deliver you from all your uncleanness. He says, I will call for the grain. Hello? I will, not you calling. God's the one that is calling uh, in our time. It will read, I will call for the dollar. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> I will call for the dollar, maybe $100 bills. Okay? God saying, I will call for the grain and multiply it. I will call for the $100 bills and multiply it. Look, God's not asking for your opinion. So, let's get out of that. Okay? He says, I will call for the grain and multiply it. And bring no famine upon you. Does he mean what he's saying? No famine. I will not permit it. No one to do you any wrong. So, yes, situations may come up and down. That's testing. Read Psalm 105. He said the word of God tested Joseph. God, The promise that God gave to him tested him in his suffering. He said he was shackled. But then God took him from there and all the way up. When you hear the word of God, we are going to go through a test. How you act in the presence of the test will determine... How God deals with you. For the children of Israel, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. After God has promised them a land. Their attitude was not good. Their, Their attitudes were not good towards God, and they paid the price for it. In the same way, God wants to bless you. He said, I will. I will deliver you from, you not delivering yourself. God is the one that delivers you. How many believe He can deliver you from all your cleanness? He can do it, and He can do it right now, just as we're speaking. Yes. You think God's going to say, I need to go do some exercise and strengthen myself before I go do this job? No, He, he can in a second. He's cleansed you totally. But then He says, I will call for the grain, and I'll multiply it. He says, I will, not bring, I will bring no farming upon you. And I will multiply the fruits of the trees and the increase of the field. So that you need never again. Say with me, never again. Never again. Say with me, never again. Suffer the reproach of farming. That's God's word. That's the time to dance. I'm telling you, this is wonderful. If you believe it, you won't worry. Even if they're trying to fire you. They can't fire you unless God has something better for you. Can you imagine? Your boss is trying to fire you and he says you are fired. You go to his office and you sit and say, thank you boss for firing me. He's thinking, has he lost something in his head? But then a few weeks later, you say, don't worry, uh, boss, don't worry about it. You don't understand it now, but I'm coming back to talk to you. A few weeks later, you have a better job. Come back. You remember, boss, I was thanking you? Yeah, I thought you were nuts. He says, but now I got a better job. And I'm being pro- I've been promoted. This is my job now. He says, uh, what church do you go to? Amen. If we gain understanding, we will never fret. Don't fret. Be anxious for nothing. If you are going to be anxious and worry about stuff, don't pray. They don't go together. Don't even say, oh God. Be anxious for nothing. I wish we can actually. It's a battle. And that's what the enemy does. He keeps injecting this thing into your head. How are you going to make it? They're going to do this to you. This is going to go down. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for anything. He's God able to do it. Yes. Yes. We just have to believe him. It's his will for your life. Never to suffer want. As long as he remains your Lord. And you call him your Lord. He'll take care of you. Difficult times may come. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I shall... Fear no evil. Why? For Because you are with me. That takes care of all the problems. I'm going to be fine. No matter what. I got God on my side. If God be for me, who can be against me? God's on my side. What's that little demon talking there? You raise your hand and he's out of the place. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. That's God's will for your life. You know, you can think about this. For 40 years, in the wilderness, not one, even when they were in rebellion, the man, manna was still falling from heaven. Think about it. Even when they were in disobedience, God was still taking care of them. They were made until they got in the land and they had the fruit. That's when everything stopped. But even in their disobedience and all the judgments they had in the wilderness, God had committed himself to take care of them and even in their ups and downs, he was still taking care of them. Sometimes he gave them some quail to eat, and I like to be around them where you can just walk around, pick up quills and go cook. because took care of them. They were under the old covenant, and we are in a covenant that's based on better promises. And our high priest never dies again. He's standing with us and the Holy Spirit is constantly going back and forth, testifying, oh my children, it's true. The master did it for you. If you can only believe it. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be in any condition that is not making you happy. You don't have to have your children going one way. No, you can call on his name. In my name, in my name, you don't have to be worried about anything. You can rest. No wonder he said to me, to us, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Rest. You have rest. And you can have rest today. Sometimes it seems like, you know, we're just, it's just words. No, no, no. There is, he's right here today. Jesus is standing here today to meet every need if you will let him know. He said, the blind man said said to Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus said, call him. He came. Everybody knew he was blind. You know what? There's a lot of faith. The guy threw his garment away. (laughs) I don't need this stuff anymore. And went to Jesus. And everybody was expecting Jesus to just put his hands in you. But Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The guy didn't argue. <laughs> most of them said, hey, everybody knows what I need. That's not going to cut it. He got to say it. What do you want? I was talking to somebody and I felt like the spirit of God said, tell him to write down everything he wants God to do for you. What do you want? It, that's what God, something most God already knew. You know, God had to go to Solomon. You think God didn't know what he was going to ask? But he had to say it. Right? He had to say it. God knew what he was going to ask. But then he asked him. And then, it's like a chess game. God says, what do you want me to do? And Solomon said, this is what I want. God says, I'll do that, but I'm going to go over that. I'll do more than that. Ephesians 3 verse 20 God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think or imagine God is able to do that when pastor when is God going to do that you want me to answer you now now God doesn't live in time. Right now. God wants to do that for you. God wants to do that for you. He wants you blessed. No more the reproach of famine. I'll close with this. God says, and you shall remember. That's Deuteronomy 8 verse 18. And you shall remember. See, we forget. We forget a lot. Especially, we forget the things that God says not to forget. You know why? We have an enemy. He doesn't want you to remember what God said. He wants you to remember only what he's saying. But we got to go with what God said. And you shall remember the Lord your God. Who are you going to remember? The Lord your God. For it is he. So every time you have a problem, whether it's financial, whatever it is, the first thing to remember is who? The Lord your God, who is bigger than your problem. Remember your God, that it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. So wealth is not a curse word. Hello. Wealth is divine, holy word. If you it came from the mouth of God, right? God likes wealth. Because why would he give you power to get something he doesn't like? He gives you the power to get wealth. Why? He says that. He may establish His covenant. Whose covenant? God's covenant. Which He swore to your fathers. As it is this day. So we are talking about today, right? Today. 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 Can you wave your hand up? I see a lot of power to get wealth all over this place. The Ark Fellowship is being blessed right now. Look at them. Hey, wave your hand to me. Hey, don't put your hand up. You know you like wealth. Everybody wants it. I, who doesn't want to pay his car bill? <laughs> so wave your hand to me. Let me see. You see those hands? God's bless them to get wealth, to get wealth. Somebody's even doing both. The, one, is not, one is not good enough. <laughs> this is what God wants. This is his will for all of your needs to be met. And here, one thing I've come to realize is when you have a God's word, something like this, and you say, well, I'm not in a position to be able to, for that scripture to be fulfilled in my life. But I believe it. And you start saying it. Guess what God begins to do? He begins to bring things, into people into your life that will talk to you. And, and, and you won't know it's working. But I like the way the Holy Spirit does his things. He's done that with me. I, 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 something happened. I'm happy, rejoicing. And then he reminds me, did you remember when you prayed about this? Oh, yes, I remember. And then it's, I, can, I, I get happier at that time when that's happened. That's the God we serve. He is a living being. And he's with us here this morning. He's with us to do us good. Every one of us. How I many want God to do good for them today? All He needs is for you to believe Him. All He needs is for you to believe Him. All eyes closed, with your head bowed. <coughs> there are things that have been spoken Many of the things I shared with you, I know, I, I'm very sure that the Holy Spirit just gave that to me this week. So I know that He's wanting to do stuff in people's lives. But what I need everyone to do, I want everyone to be sold out to Christ, sold out to Him, to His cause. That's what He wants. So if you're here this morning, and you want to be totally sold out to the curse of Christ. Because remember what that scripture says. That he may establish his covenant with you. How many want that covenant established this morning? Would you put your hand up? Put your hand up. You want that covenant established with you t- t- this morning. Every one of us. Let's stand up today. And let's make a commitment to him partners, I need you to come up front
1: here. I'm just
0: going to do as I'm feeling led to do. Sometimes in crusade situations when people receive Christ, I make them follow um, Romans 10 verse 10. Verse 9 and 10. He says, if you confess with your mouth and believe your heart it will be done but what I'd like you to do is take time to come and agree with somebody and say it with your mouth that you believe today his covenant is being established in your life and if you have any need let them know they will agree with you and pray for you you see today I am expecting a miracle we're not just talking about healing miracles I'm expecting God to change situations in people's lives. That situation that's been bugging you is going to change today. If you agree with me, please come and meet these individuals and pray. Whatever that situation is, would you please walk down and we're coming to God. Please come on, come on, come on. That situation is going to change today. Come on down, come on down. Whatever it is, sometimes people think it says, if two shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask, it will be done. That's, please don't take those words lightly. Be with somebody today, and God will change that situation for you. I am going to declare to you your situation is changing right now by the power of the name of Jesus by the power of the name of jesus your situation is being changed your situation is being transformed today he's bogged you for many years bogged you for months but today you can take care of that situation and get it changed today by the power of the holy spirit in jesus name why don't you come out and let's pray about this thank you jesus The scripture says, I make all things new. You want things new in your life? This is the day. The Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, tells us, Today is that day. Now is the accepted time. Are you going to go to your God today in the accepted time? Sometimes we need to humble ourselves. And humble yourself before God so God can lift you up sometimes pride in us is holding things back from us. Today you can be free. 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 free. God wants to do it. Change that situation in your life. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. I believe in the power of his name. I believe in the power of His name. I believe in the power of His name. You can be free today. Thank you, Lord Jesus.